welcome, welcome, welcome. And you are now listening to the Vanity Ultra Podcast, and I'm your host, Kenneth Kirk. And I'm Elijah Evans, and we're, f- we're back. We're back with another great episode for you, ladies and gentlemen, today. We had none other than Mr. Nick Sissenbath, the owner and creator of Collegium. Mm-hmm. Yo, it was a great interview, Great man. interview. He is such... He's- he should have he has some podcast, doesn't he? Am I thinking of a different person? I think you think of thinking of another person. Well, but he, he should. should. He should. He should. He's an amazing he can speak and he, it's like he telepathically answered all of our questions. Like Man. he didn't really have to do much, but and uh, he's a cool guy, makes great shoes, whip game is fucking whip, whip game intense. is crazy. And just like hearing his early start of just like how he just really grinded for where he's at now, yeah. like it was a true pleasure having it's him. It's definitely on. one of those stories where it's like it reminds you that you know to make it it's not all glitz and glamour you know what i mean you gotta yeah. like sometimes shit's gonna suck and you're gonna fail and and it's just not gonna go your way but if you just fucking just keep with the good old system bath goddamn try <laughs> you're gonna fucking make it you just gotta it. keep going man keep going and you'll get there um but yes this interview was a great pleasure having him on and we're gonna go ahead and transition right now We are back with the Vanity Ultra Podcast, and yo, we have a great guest for you guys today. Um, you know, we have someone who I've been actually paid attention to his brand for quite a few years now, quite a few years. Yeah. Um, and then I end up, of course, coming across his personal page as well. Um, I've always loved the overall presentation of his brand when it comes to his shoes and the silhouette. I love the presentation now, and he's starting to get into actual clothing pieces, and I love how he's able to curate everything, and it's all coming together. And yo, it's a true pleasure to have our guest on today. So without further ado, I'm going to let my guest introduce himself. Yeah. What's up, guys? My name is Nick Sissenbath. I founded the brand Collegium in 20, I guess officially 2015, but didn't launch the brand until 2016. So I've been doing it for quite a minute now. It's almost crazy to think about like 10 years. I know a lot of people don't even know, like, I feel like a lot of people just discovered this like two, three years ago. Um, but for me, it's been like an endless grind, just like you guys. So I love just like, you know, connecting when, you know, I see you guys doing your thing and it just reminds me of like, damn, I've been doing this shit for like a minute and, uh, the grind feels like it was just yesterday, but it's like, if we say 2016, it's like seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I was a baby. (laughs) It's out of high school. Nah, that's graduating. But I remember first seeing you. Like the sneaker, and I was just like, "Oh wow, this is yeah. clean!" Like, and I, that might have been like 2016. Yeah. So yeah, I've mm-hmm. been catching for a minute, man, for sure. <clears throat> I'm happy. I'm happy we're not doing the interview in 2016 because those shoes were, those shoes were boo boo. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like we were all kind of babies. I think I was just coming out of college in 20. Yeah, I was just coming out of college in 2015, so I'm a little older. And um, yeah, just like you guys, like, all right, well. We got to figure out how to do this, just grassroots and see what's up. And, um, you know, I don't think you start anything knowing exactly how you're going to do it. You right. just have this dream in your head like, yo, like, I could see I could see through it. And I'm just a dog, so I'll stay with it and figure it out, you know? Yeah. Facts. Damn. So how we like to start off the interview, man? We like to start off with, yo, tell us where you're from, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually from Southern California, a city called Westminster. It's like 45 minutes out of L.A., I was okay. actually born, though, in um, 
I always like to tell this story because it's always an interesting fact that no one knows. Is I was actually born in uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque. Uh, my parents are uh, immigrants, just like most of us out here. So I'm first generation, and uh, they didn't know how to speak English when they came. So when they came from the Vietnam War, uh, my family's from Laos, but the same thing. They got uh, sponsored, and they looked at a pamphlet, and they didn't speak English. So there, there was California, mm-hmm. New Mexico, Albuquerque, uh, like France and Belgium, places like that. And they're like, oh, let's pick this one. And uh, if you guys don't know, Albuquerque is, you know, it's in the cut. It's a, it's a yeah. tough, tough neighborhood. I remember growing up, my pops had a, you know, a little, little gun and just, uh, we just all, all of our family members lived in an apartment. And then uh, my parents made their way out here when I was like five or six to California uh, by luck. And, you know, they chased a dream and a better future for uh, myself and uh, all, all of our family. So just growing up and uh, pretty much raised in California. Yeah. Shout out to them, man. That. Uh, it has to be like yeah. such like an intense thing to like come and mm-hmm. you just you're here now like yeah. you're here and then yeah. there's nothing you can do you just gotta like grind and and give up at the mud for Grab sure mud. yeah <laughs> no for sure for sure and that's like it's so corny to say but it's like the american dream i guess right where it's like you have your kids just like they're, they're able to chase the opportunities that you came here for like exactly yeah. what you came yeah. here for so do you ever make it back to Lao? Yeah, I just went to Laos and, well, shit, I say just went, but it was 2018. So that was like the last big trip uh, I did before COVID. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. My lady didn't like it. She's from Korea and it's like Uh civilized. But Laos, if you guys don't know, it's like a Southeast Asian country, still Mm -hmm. like third world. So we were in the whip just like on the dirt. (laughs) It was like horseback. So she wasn't feeling that. But, you know, it was all good. And I I, I super appreciate it because I was like, man, like, you guys are in the jungle. Like, this is the jungle. Like, they're just huts. And, like, I'm taking a shower with a bucket. No hot, like, barely hot water, like, boiling it and then put it in. So, uh, I love to see, like, you know, as you get older, you love to ask your parents, like, yo, what was it like growing up? But more in depth. Because you kind of always had, like, a general idea. Yeah, and yeah. now as I get older, I'm like, yo, like, was it really like this? You know? Yeah. So, it's yeah. cool. It's cool for sure. So, you said that they came over here after the, the Vietnam War, Vietnam War, and you said you're a little bit older than us. So, like, that was going on while your parents were over there? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I still, I hate to say it and not to be disrespectful, I still, like, it's hard to believe this, my, yeah. the stories my pops tell me. They're like, yo, like, yeah, like, his pops, my grandfather, who passed away, um, was just like, yo, like, bombs are going off. And they just remember bombs going off and, like, yo, you guys got to go. We're going to pay this guy. And, you know, like in the 70s, there's not really that good. There's not really money in Laos to begin with. It's just a third world country. So they're just bartering. So they're like, okay, I have this Yamaha guitar. I have this toaster. I have this camera. And you're going to take my kids over to Thailand because it's a, you know, a democracy um, at the time. And they'll get you over to a program called UNICEF. I don't know if you guys heard of UNICEF. Mm-hmm. UNICEF actually sponsored my parents to come over here um so just amazing shout out unicef but like yeah that was their journey um and it just doesn't sound real like he's like yeah, yeah. So like you go you walk through the jungle these guys from thailand they're like everyone's in line they're gonna try to get you to the border you gotta swim like a mile across a river which is the mekong river and uh you know hope that these people are actually the people that are you know quote unquote i guess smuggling into thailand mm-hmm. so that you can get flown out to the u.s or wherever you chose to get sponsored by wow. so yeah, that story in itself. It doesn't sound real, right? Like it sounds like it, does, a it sounds like a, like a movie. Yeah, yeah like for real, legit. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's like it's so crazy, and I know it's real. It's like when they tell me stories, like my dad and my uncle, like they went at. I guess they would go and 
group. So like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys' parents, but like of that generation, the family's just a bigger. Like my dad has like eight siblings and I only have one sibling, you know, but um, they would go in like twos or threes. So his brother, you know, they all pack like over there. It's like gold and silver. That's like money out there, right? So, you know, they're changing. They're going to swim across the river. My dad's little brother, like, he forgets that he put gold in his swim trunks. So he, when they're changing, they just leave the clothes at the end of the river. And they're, like, all the way almost at the camp. And he's like, I forgot my shit. And so now they have to tell these smugglers, like, yo, like, we need to go back. And they're like, why? Uh, those are my favorite swim shorts. So, and then, you know, he knows stories like that. He's like, yeah, we got caught. So we had to give it to all of them. They didn't give us anything, and then they, they asked the rest of us where the rest of our goals and stuff is. Like, you can't really, like, make up stories like that. You know, they're so in-depth and, like, so intricate. So I'm like, man, that, like, was a real thing that you guys had to go through. And, you know, that itself is just, like, it's utmost, like, yo, like, respect. And, like, yo, I want to work hard because you guys had to go through a surreal story. Yeah, yeah. I'm over here just, like, you know, just yeah. grinding. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just going crazy trying to, yeah, I feel you. That's, um, wow, yeah. My, I don't think, uh, my family had anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> and for me, it's like, it's not even like, it doesn't seem real because I'm not there, right? But then when I go back and I see in like 2018, I'm like, the country, it's sad though, because the country's still pretty much the same. Like, there's just a lot of, it's a huge corruption and just a disparity. Like, you go, five minutes out the city the roads suddenly just stop and then you're just busting so right. yeah it, it makes the story more realistic when i can go back and like okay this is like really how it is out here mm-hmm. yeah so like growing up early on like what were some of your uh first interests growing up uh first interest growing up um just kind of funny like my parents are still like just struggling we grew up just like i don't know um not too well off i don't want to say I think it was a struggle, but I never like to say struggle. Um, you know, we're just working hard like everybody else. So I grew up, um, my family, like my dad, my uncle, and another uncle, all of our families grew up in one house, uh, that type of vibe. So you, you're sharing bedrooms with your mom, sister, and dad. Um, and so they were just working hard. Like, I just remember, like, parents going to graveyard shifts. I was with my cousins uh, during the day, parents in graveyard shifts. So it wasn't until, like, I got into, like, I don't know, first or second grade, uh my parents would ask like you know some of the other parents at school to take me home and they actually enrolled me into uh a basketball like njb i don't know if you guys have njb on the east coast but like uh basketball basically like kids little league yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah basically like little league so we called an njb out here um and they just enrolled me into playing basketball and that's i just started like you know i just got into sports growing up and uh growing sports in school basically and just playing basketball since i was like six or seven and just falling in love with that and that eventually came into the bigger arts of the story i remember like well my mom took me to like finish line footlocker all right go to the back of the wall because that's where all the markdowns are and i remember getting like the answer eights back then and i remember that was like my first official shoe um outside of just like air walks and whatever my mom was giving me at payless but she's like okay he really likes basketball let's go to the back of finish line and like one up it a little bit because he really likes it and then uh, I think that just made me fall in love with shoes. And at the time, Allen Iverson, just like crazy with style. So you growing up as a kid, just like, bro, I want to be like this dude. Like, 
uh, I had the finger sleeves. I had the finger sleeves. <laughs> you know, just stupid shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, with the number three on it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was like, just going crazy like that. And fall, that's what kind of made me fall in love with, like, I guess you could say, I want to say, I don't know if it was necessarily fashion, but definitely like basketball, basketball fashion, like sneakers and shit like that. And then just like every season, you know, I'd be crying, just like, yo, I need to get, I need to get new shoes. I need to get the latest kicks. So like, I feel like basketball is synonymous with like, just all of us growing up and having that pass on like, yo, I want to have the coolest kicks on the court. Like I want to pull up and just have like crazy ass kicks. So that was like, I feel like growing up playing ball and then really falling in love with sneakers. Um, you know, quite unfortunately, I went through high school and all the AU travel and things like that. I wasn't good enough to go to the league or even, as, uh, <laughs> you know, D, D, NAI or yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Not even D1, NAI, D2, D3. Uh, but no, I just love, I just love playing ball. Um, and you know, just that translated into like sneakers, like me growing up and even in middle school, I was like, just cause me probably being like three, four years old and you guys, like I was really into Nike talk in middle school. Like I'd finish homework and then just scroll down Nike talk and ISS forums, these like old school threads and, uh, fall in love with that stuff. And, um, yeah, it was just like, I'd be collecting shoes and trying to buy shoes in middle school like mom moms would give me like 20 bucks like yo this is for your walk home go to the gas station i'll buy lunch at school and i wouldn't eat i would just be like all right 20 i got 20 bucks now yeah. i could i'm gonna stack 20 bucks every two weeks oh, yeah. to try to buy the next pair of shoes. you know what i mean sorry mom i didn't eat when i was little just trying to get school. <laughs> um and yeah so it's like right when i turned i'm giving you guys a long winded so hopefully it's okay so like just growing oh. up playing basketball collecting shoes, obsessing over it, just going through the forums, stepping, you know. But it's weird because, like, not a, lot, not a lot of our friends, and I'm sure you guys felt the same way, were really into something like that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like, you don't even know what shoes I'm wearing. You know what I mean? Type shit. Um, but it's cool to talk to you guys because you guys were like that. You know, like, oh, I know what those are. Type shit. If you know, you know type vibes. And, like, right when I turned 15 and a half, I was like, yo, I'm a, I got to get a job. Like, I need mom sign this working <laughs> permit. I need to go. And then I got a one, I got a job at the cafeteria because one, I could get out of class early. And then two, uh, you get free lunch. And then, you know, you just know like, okay, I'm going to just be grinding for sneakers. I was just trying to get grails at the time. Like it was stupid though. I was little. My first grail was baby bear SBs. I don't know if you knew that. I just loved loud shit. Um, baby bears are like, they're light blue and green, lime green with the fur on the side. It had this like Metacom bear brick in it. You have to look it up, but it was a three bears pack. It was, it was gnarly. Yeah, they sound intense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just collecting. And then, uh, I live right behind a mall, like my school, it was probably like a mile away. There's a mall called Westminster mall. And, um, since my parents were just working after I was just like, Hey, I'm going to go try to go get a job 15 and a half. So high school, I just walk over the hill. And then I just went to the local finish line. I was like, yo, uh, can I speak to a manager? Are you guys hiring? Like, literally, he's like, okay, well, like, why do you, you know, like, well, you know, why do you want to work here? I was like, name any, pick any shoe on this wall. I'll tell you the name and when it came out. And he picked a infrared Air Max 90, shout out Anderson. And I was like, yeah, infrared Air Max 90. He's like, I know every shoe in the shop. I just love shoes. I want to work here. And then I, that's how I got my first job. And then I got, I was a sneaker plug. I was a sneaker plug before then. And the, in high school, in that era, sneakers was just a little different. It was cool to be at the sneaker shop because that's how you made a lot of connections, too, because you're just like, oh, I know Nick. He works at Finish Line. Like, okay, cool. Like, get in line. Yo, don't say nothing. Just, like, 
just get in line and I got you at the end. Before, there was no raffling. There was no bots. It was just like, yo, you have to know someone at the shop and you're going to get plugged up, right? And so I was that guy. And at the same time, I was able to collect because, damn, finish line might be bad, mad, but, like, I would put my shit yeah, on the top. Yeah. yeah, I had Jordans in the finish line stock room. And I just kept them yeah. in the back, right? Yeah. Uh, and I would just wait till they were, like, marked out for, like, 30 bucks. And then I would just cop all my grills, like, at 30 bucks. And it was, like, the funniest yeah. thing. I did that for a hot minute out there. And, yeah, that was just, like, my journey. Like, I, I was just collecting shoes, working at the sneaker shop, going through high school like any other kid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was actually studious and playing sports. My parents, just being Asian-American, was like, yo, B is not even close to good enough, bro. Like, you need to get an A in everything you do. Um, That was just the way I grew up. Dude, if and- I came home with a I came home with a B. With the B, I was like, like fuck yes, dude. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, B standard for bamboo stick for me, bro. If you if you can do bamboo stick, no, honestly. That's, that's, that's the narrative for a lot of my Asian friends as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's definitely like so it's not it's like it's a cliche, but also just like and it's a stereotype, but it's like so real. Like I don't know a single one of my friends like, yo, if I don't pass this test, I'm gonna get beat down. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, that was the story. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I just went through collecting shoes. Um, you know, I went to, I went to junior college first to save some money. Um, and then I ended up transferring to USC. I did a uh, business in, uh, accounting, but this, the whole time, like, I just wasn't really with it. Like I was just, you know, working at finish line somewhere in the middle. I transferred into like Chase, trying to really get into Chase Bank, trying to really get into like banking and things like that. Cause I was majoring in business and I just like, I don't know, I just felt like a clown, and I just love sneakers, so I was just, like, you know, sketching. When I finally got to USC, I was just sketching sneakers, barely passing my classes, and then going to job fairs wearing a suit and tie. Uh, and I don't know if you guys, like, went to job fairs while you're in school or just, like, any kind of interview. It just felt like a rat race, and I was just like, yo, I feel yeah. mad corny. Like, every kid at this school is, like, brown-nosing these, pe- these like, job fairs at the table, and I'm just like, yo, I- I, don't, I just like fashion and shoot sneakers, honestly. Like, I don't really care to do this. So, uh, I, I ended up just like, in my internships, I would just like work at Nordstrom. I ended up working at Nordstrom because Nordstrom plays really good commission. Like, it's like, ten, I worked in the shoe department, of course. Um, and that's actually where I really got into dapper stuff. So, like, a lot of people don't like when they see me drop like combat boots or like penny loafers or like anything like that, like a derby, moccasin to a derby. It's just like, yo, like, I was wearing that at Nordstrom because back in the day, Nordstrom, if you guys ever been, you used to have to wear a suit and tie at Nordstrom. Like, it wasn't just, like, you couldn't wear hip clothes. You had to wear a suit and tie. And um, it was funny. I felt like the modern-day Al, uh, Al Bundy, like, just selling shoes, just, like, <laughs> just crazy, you know? Um, so I would go to school, and then 5 o'clock, I would take a 5 o'clock shift at Nordstrom and just, like, really just, like, oh, I love shoes, like, all aspects. And just every sneakerhead's journey, you know, like, when you – I'm sure – I think – I see Kenneth go through it right now where it's, like, it's, like, well, right now, everyone, it's like post-sneaker era, and everyone's yeah. like, yo, I'm just kind of growing out of, I'm growing out of sneakers, and like, I don't really know like that. I'm like, I'm very dapper now, you know, everyone, and that's a cycle, because that's how I was, like, when I was in college and high school. I was just like, yo, like, oh, no, like, I don't really collect sneakers anymore, guys. Like, I just wear, I wear dress shoes, penny loafers, like, I'm into, I'm, I'm into all sorts of shit, you know what I mean? So that was, like, where I was at in my head back then, and um, that's what sparked me, though, because, like, I was starting to sell a lot of, like, my collection, like, 01 Royals, Breads, 
just like things like, oh, I'm gonna go get the Balenciaga Arenas. I don't know if you guys remember that shoe, like that mid top shoe, lambskin, red, black, yeah. and white. Yeah. And uh-huh. I remember selling for that and the YSL, SL 10 H's and the Brent Royals. And I was just like, to my sneakerhead friends, like, yo, like, I don't really care about hype shit, bro. I just want, I just want quality shit now. You know? Yeah. And that's the cycle that, that's, yeah, the, that's so, the cycle that. That's the funniest shit, because I remember specifically when I was just like, yeah, bro, I'm not. I'm just more into, like, buying, like, buy better, buy less, bro. Like, nah, yeah. I don't need that. I'm going yeah. to get this loafer instead of this nigga. That's just kind of what I'm into. <laughs> I remember that. Exactly, like, exactly. Just yeah. and it's like, but it's like we're yeah. going through the same thing right now. Like, even myself, like, the shoes that I design have, like, homage pieces to certain silhouettes, but, like, even for myself, like, if you guys, there's, like, more recent shit I've been posting, like, we have combat boots, this pair of boot, uh, you know, homage type shoe, and I'm just like, yo, like, oh, cool, I'm just, like, literally reliving what I just did five years ago, five, seven years ago, it's just like, oh, I'm out of sneakers, into the same, I'm going back to, like, yo, let me get my uh, Clark's, you know, let me get all this shit, you know, penny loafers and stuff like that, and it's, like, going over it again, uh, but I know it'll repeat again, I know it'll just repeat that cycle again. Because once, you know, once, yeah. I feel like penny loafers, penny loafers, I feel mm-hmm. like in two years ago, people were really rocking penny loafers. And now it's like, it's still there, but it's not as prevalent as it once was. Like, you're like, ah, I'm not really on it. Now it's chunky boots and, you know, uh, derbies and just things like that, you know? So it's funny how that goes. And like, I have like this crazy sneaker wall. I don't know if you guys see it, but like at the top, there's like boots that are going to come back down because I'm not really wearing like sneakers and shit like that as much. Um, I mean, I do because it'll be part of my uniform, but yeah, it's just funny how that era works. So like when I was working at, in college, I was working at Nordstrom and I was on that tip of like, yo, I wear common projects. I wear YSL sneakers and I wear, uh, you know, monk straps. I'll wear derbies. I'll wear penny loafers and just like mixing it all up, you know? And, um, yeah, so I finally just realized I graduated and I'm like, I can't do these job fairs. I just can't, I don't want to do it. I'll do everything I can to avoid that. So I don't know. It's crazy. I still think about it and it gives me like chills. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try this. It gives me chills. Cause I, I, I remember this like a gesture, like, oh, I'm just going to try and make the sneakers. Like I've been selling common projects all day long. Like I've been interning. I was interning at a, a dress shoe company. I would just bug him. He would, he would, he was a vendor that would come in Nordstrom. I'm like, yo, can I intern? And he's like, no. I was like, all right, cool. I'll pull up and I'll help you with photography. But he was like, no. All right, cool. I'm, I'm here. What should I do? And, you know, and just being that annoying kid, it was like halfway in between USC and the mall. And, uh, I would just stop in like twice a week and just like, yo, why are you using this leather? Why are you doing that leather? Why is this construction better than this construction? Why, why, why? You know, just asking questions, being annoying as hell. But I was like, okay, cool. I, I just uploaded all the product photos for you, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, just, I didn't know at the time, but I was learning all the processes to start my own business, you know? And when I graduated, I was like, yo, I don't need your help. I just need one contact in Italy. I just, you know, I've been helping you. I never asked for a single dime. I just want one contact. So, uh, like last week of USC, you know, I already knew I was going to graduate. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Uh, I barely need to pass that final to, you know, get my diploma. And at that time, I was totally checked out of, like, working a regular job, you know? So I just, like, took a one-way ticket to Italy, took my shit sketches. And my sketches are so bad, honestly. Like, you don't have to be a crazy artist to design sneakers. You just have to have an idea and a, and a passion. But uh, I just took that one design. Uh, never been out of the country. I took a one-way ticket to Italy uh, based off an email saying, yeah, we'll make shoes for you. Uh, took that meeting. The first day I completely missed. Well, first off, I didn't even know in Europe or in other countries 
you take trains and like, well, New York, obviously you guys take public transportation, but like in Europe, it's the same thing. And I didn't know that. So I, my ass rented a little fucking Fiat 500 in Italy stick shit. That's, and, that's tough too though. That's so pretty tough. sick. Pretty <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was tough because I was like, I don't know how the hell people drive out here. And it was just crazy. People were honking at me and everything. And it was like, I landed in Rome and it was like a four hour drive down the mountain. It was beautiful as hell. So I'm happy I did that because I can always tell that story. But I got lost because I didn't, I was so broke that I didn't want to buy like international service. So I had like, I was prepared. I had my Google Maps printed out with the directions. I had to stop on the side. I was like, okay, I took this. Mm. But what I didn't know in Europe is that there's a lot of roundabouts. Like, they don't do stoplights. They do, like, these circle things that you have to exit one, exit two, exit three. I didn't know that. So I got lost. I was close to where I needed to be. So I just had to get out of my car and knock on just poor family members' homes. Just like, I'm trying to go here. Can you get me here? And a lot of people were like, I don't know what you're saying, bro. Uh, and one guy, I was like, dude, I just got stuck. At one time, I was just like, no one's helping me. I'm so fucked. And I don't know what to do. And one guy just knocked again. And he's like, fine, I'll take you there, basically. And it was like, I was like 20 minutes off. So I missed the whole first day's meeting. And I finally got there. Um, and I got to the factory. And the people that managed that business showed him my sketches. And I was like, what do I have to order? Like 600. And I was like, okay. It's like 2016, right? So all red, all black, all white was still super hot. Like you just did tonal, all red, all black, all white. It was easy. And I was like, okay, cool. This could be easy. Not easy, but I was like, I'm a hustler. I'll figure it out, bro. I'll, I've been slinging shoes on the forums, Facebook Marketplace, and, like, I'm a reseller. I got this. Like, I could, I just had to do my own shit. What I didn't realize, it was, like, the smartest and dumbest decision, is that it's hard. It's hard to have a business and push your own independent brand, just like it is this podcast. So, like, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to post in Band LA. I'm just going to post in Shoe Game Los Angeles. I'm going to post in, you know, Dunk Exchanges. And I'm like, oh, nobody's fucking with it. Because everyone's still, like, really in love with, like, hype shit. So, like, the mentality of, like, oh, I'm quality over quantity wasn't really it. So, you know, it was a struggle to be. And I was selling just, like, to homies that would buy the young people 40% off. Just, like, help me get rid of 600. And at the time, I, this office I'm sitting in, it was a stock room. And now it's just, like, work office at home. But it was a stock room. I bought freaking those shelves from Costco, right, that everyone thinks to buy uh, to store shoes. And, um it was just like, all right, cool. I'm graduated. My parents are mad disappointed because they don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, you just, you just, we just helped like, like sign these mad loans so you could go to college, so you could sell shoes that you've been doing since, you know, middle school yeah. as a hobby. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it is. And um, so yeah, I had a, I was still working at Nordstrom. I took like some random tech job that paid decent to help me because anyone that starts a business, just like any of us, you're like, Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a founder. I need to buy a DSLR camera. I need to buy this. I need, yeah. to, pay off this. I need to go do this. And you're like, Hey, making no bread. How am I going to afford all this shit? So I just remember being mad depressed, like 20 K on my chase freedom, which isn't actually free. Uh, just like having mad debt. And I was like, I need to work like just to pay this. Cause I don't know why I needed to buy all this shit for the business. Cause I ain't got no traction. Right. Yeah. And, um, it, it was just the hustle. So I'm just pretty like, just like that sports mentality, just like relentless. So now it's like 2016, 2017. I'm trying to figure out what the hell to do. Like, okay, I'm working two jobs. I'm trying to start this business. I'm making excuses like, oh, because I'm working two jobs, I can't get this business off the floor. And, you know, that guilt alone, it's like, okay. Or you listen to those motivational podcasts or whatever it may be. You're like, all right, fine. Let me just try harder like i need to figure out a way so i would just wear my shoes at nordstrom 
people like, what shoes are you wearing? Like, you know, I'd, show, I'd bring them out common projects or whatever, Golden Gooses, and they'd be like, what shoes are you wearing now? You know, at Nordstrom, it's a very intimate sales process, right? Like, they're very service forward. So people would always rely on us to like, yo, can you recommend me some pants? Can you recommend me some shoes? Can you recommend me whatever? And since that trust was there, they would always, what are you wearing? I was like, yo, like, it's my own shit. It's just like a passion project. Like, I can't really sell it to you here. I'll get fired. But I got a whole size run in my trunk that I can sell to you on my lunch. This is the website. I can't even punch it on your phone. I don't want the cat, the cameras right above me. Like, I don't want none of that. And that's how, like, the first couple pairs were sold. So that was kind of motivating because, like, I've never actually internalized it ever. And, like, just this podcast and, like, I've told this story, like, a million times. But, like, that way right there gave me that confidence, right, where people are like, oh, I really actually rock with those shoes, like, that what you're wearing. And that gave me that confidence to keep going because it was, like, depressing, right? You know, I have 600 shoes in my my freaking bedroom. Just, like, how – I'm over, I've only moved, like, 50 to my homies that are into sneakers and my, like, other homies. Yeah. So I'm like, how the fuck yeah. am I going to – discount, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was like, how the fuck am I even going to break even? Like, I just need to break even so I can buy the next one. I knew I had to keep going. Like, it's not just going to pop off on the first one. But in my head, with anyone you start a business, you're like, oh, if I just buy these amount of shoes, I only need to sell this much to break even, and then I'm going to profit 200 racks in, like, uh, a month and a half. But it doesn't work like that, you know? It just doesn't. You have to just pay your dues. So, yeah, just laying them through the sales floor at Nordstrom. And then I work Monday to Friday at Nordstrom and that tech company. Shout out to that tech company because they were super early on working from home, like sometimes. Uh, I would just move my mouse so it would say available. You know what I mean? It would yeah. say away and then it would go available. Uh, but, no, I would do some stuff. Uh, I was a campaign manager, so I was helping serve ads. And so I was working those two jobs, just trying to get the credit card down, trying to keep Collegium up float, uh, simultaneously, like, flipping shoes, simultaneously – uh, building cars. I don't know if you guys like know, like I'm really into like classic beamers and things like that. Yeah, uh, classic yeah. beamers? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we can talk about that. That could be a whole nother chapter. That's what kept Collegium actually afloat because I kind of came in at the right time. Um, but yeah, so like just slanging at Nordstrom and then every weekend I would take, I don't know what I was with and I was thinking I was going to go Honda Civic hatchback. I think at the time I would just take all my shoes in that hatchback. And um, every weekend I'd go down Melrose, it's like a famous street in uh, Melrose and Fairfax and just the streets in L.A., uh, La Brea. Man, those are like, it gives me cringe times. So I would just take those shoes, Nike duffel bag, put a couple pairs in it. You know, it's my story. Uh, you know, love sneakers. Uh, after graduating, I didn't want to go work this. I have all these shoes made in Italy. Will you carry my shoes at this shop? So one of the shops, Grilla Atelier in Arts District, carried my shoes there. And then another brand. Damn, I don't know. I'm not even going to say names, but, like, there's one store, and it was a brand called I Love Ugly that's out from, like, Australia and New Zealand. I don't know if you guys ever remember them. They had a store in La Brea. So the homies, the owners were always in New Zealand or Australia. I forget where they're from. And the homies in L.A. actually put my shoes on the shelf, and I just left my iPad there. Uh, I left my iPad there, so they would slang on in La Brea, like the shoes were in the oh. shop, and they would just slang the shoes, and they would just run the iPad, and I'd Venmo them like 20, 30, 40 bucks. Shout out, you know, I'm not going to say shout out, no names, but, <laughs> uh, but you guys know who you are, so if they ever listen to this, um, and that's how we would get shoes out, so I would just move some from stores, and just like begging stores to put it on, at least on consignment, like give me an opportunity to sell shoes, you know, and, uh, yeah, so it actually ended up, like, breaking even a little. And at the time, it was just easier to DM people. And even publications, like, Complex, like, 2016, 2017, people still really, like, yo, the goal to start a brand, your mentality was, like, okay, 
I need celebrities and I need to be on complex high beast, high snob, everything, right? That's a starter kit equation, right? Now it's not so much that. Um, but I would just DM. And then some people like uh, Daniel So, Gian DeLeon, Pete Forrester, like Complex, those guys, um, they wrote me my first article. So I was like, okay, cool. We got some traction. Like that was like in the very beginning of the brand. It helped us move a couple more pairs. So I was like, okay, cool. We got that. And then, you know, that route leads to like NBA stylists reaching out to you. So in like 2017, 2018, Andre Drummond, Tobias Harris, they started buying pairs. I was like, okay, cool. But it was still nowhere near like a real business. Like it, it wasn't even profitable. It was just, okay, we're maybe a little bit then break even, but I had money to back to buy back in. So I'd do the whole Italy thing again, do another colorway. It was such a slow process. Um, and uh yeah just keep growing and then i'm not trying to drag the story out too long i know how long we wanted this podcast but that hustle goes on for like a year or two yeah a year or two because it's a long journey now like when i think about like man these are all different stages of the business and um yeah just like me slinging shoes at nordstrom working the tech job now i got some traction at the stores and like any business there's ebbs and flows uh one of the stores that was carrying me he had like 30 grand of consignment he was just, he was trying to keep his shop open. So he actually sold all my stuff, but I was had a chase for checks. Uh, because I wanted to go pick up checks. And then basically I got burnt out 30 grand there. So, uh, it was just a tough time. Like, I, didn't, I was like, bro, give me my money. He's like, I don't have money, bro. I just used it on rent. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's my money. And <laughs> yeah. so yeah. it was a tough time. Just like, that was you a lot put of me, put me on a lease, Come on. Yeah. You put it was me like, on a lease? like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> And I, you, know, you go through the process. I'm going to sue your ass. I don't know. I'm going to sue your ass, but I'm going to sue your ass, bro. And they, it just yeah. never, never works. So it's just tough. Ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows, man. Just like, okay, I would release shit, put money back in, just keep doing I thought I was going to take my money back out because when I started, I sold my sneaker collection, Yeezy 2s, everything. Like, I had a really good – I had holy grails of holy grails, right? Yeezy 2s, all colorways. Just because working in the sneaker system, like, everyone, like, we all knew each other. Like, yo, I need those. I've done favors for you. I'm getting that shit at retail, you know? Uh, and I had left finished on Foot Locker once we started doing raffles internally. Like, it was cool because I was still got my pairs when it was external. People would be finding lines, shit like that. I was like, I've got my pair, I don't care. You know, every Christmas, Jordan 11s, right? That Christmas time, Jordan 11 time. Um, that was all that. So I had already left at that time. And, um, yeah, I had I sold a bunch. I took, like, 10K, 15K out of my dad's retirement. So I was like, I need to get that back ASAP. And when you launch the business, you realize that money – in your head, you think, I just sell this many pairs, I'll have that profit. And now I'm like, oh, wait, I actually have to buy more colors. So that profit, that even, not even profit, that money that I kind of made back has to go back into the next run. And so it was just like this overlooming thing on me, just like, I need to pay my dad's retirement back. Like, that's a retirement. And I need to, but also I can't just quit because I'm not retirement, never going to come back. And I just have, I can give you shoes. I'll give you shoes, pops, you know? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> that's trash um, so it was just a journey and a struggle so like anywhere from like 2017 to 2019 I guess you could say uh, struggling with the stores trying to get checks you know you think you made it because you're in stores but then you're like okay these some of these stores aren't reliable they're not going to give me my money um, I just got I just got I just got ran up on basically I got blatantly stolen that's my goods stolen that was coincidentally money and yeah, that was a struggle. So just trying to figure that all out. I started doing trade shows. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Agenda, the Liberty Fairs, things mm -hmm. like that. 
Um, there's international ones too. So I'll start off with the U.S. ones. I didn't really want to do the U.S. ones because I never felt like I fit in. And 2017, 2018, it was still very like streetwear focused. So when I would go to Liberty Fairs, when I would go to like Agenda, it's just like, okay, stamps hot, LA's are uh, kids hot, everything's hot. And I was like, no one's really into like Lux sneakers right now, right? And um, so I didn't do that, but I would go. I wouldn't even, I couldn't even afford to buy a booth. You know how everyone, like, the cool brands have booths and stuff like that, or just, like, legit. I would bring a backpack and just start sending DMs out. Like, Gian, thanks for tolerating my, you know, uh, I guess you could say just unprofessionalism, or just the hustle, I guess. And I was just like, yo, I got some shoes in my backpack. I couldn't even, like, here's the tears issue. You should buy a booth first, and, and then you take your DMs yeah. there, right? Because you're legit. The second, you can't even do that. You get a ho- nice hotel room, and then you showcase in the hotel room, right? And I couldn't even do that. I would be staying in Holiday Inns or, like, whatever the cheapest bullshit or just, like, homie's house. Like, yo, like, I need to go to the trade show. Or, and then I just went, like, because I'm in California, so I would go to the Vegas ones. I would just drive, like, do a day trip back and forth and take, they call in sick or whatever. And I would just bring a backpack and a duffel bag, like, yo, can I show you, like, let's meet at the coffee section in the Liberty Fairs. And then I would just show my shoes there. And, I, you know, I had no humility, I guess. I didn't even think about it. I just knew, like, I had a hustle. Like, I had to figure out how to get in front of something some way. But now when I think back, I'm like, oh, it's so embarrassing, so cringy. Like, look at that kid pulling shoes out of his backpack, just trying to show them to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, think of the, you think of the process, just like, you know, take a seat. Take a seat, man. Let me show you something real sick. I think it's, I think it's really going to pop. Or just things like that, right? And But it's cool because all those relationships played on to where we are today, right? Like, I think people, in a way, respected that. Like, yo, I know he's trying. It's like, it's really low level, but he's trying, right? And, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I would just try that. And one time I finally took one in Italy that I heard really good things about. It's called PT Umo. You see a lot of people go to that, like oh, the yeah. bloggers go to like PT in Florence. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I did that one. I was like, yo, what's the cheapest booth? And they were like, it's not a booth. It's just a, ta- a wire table. So I literally felt like I was running dunk exchange, but I was like, I'll take it. Whatever it is, I'll take it. Like, if it's, it was, like, 1,800 yeah. euros, which is still kind of a lot for me. Like, I had to use the whole paycheck. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah. cool. I'll go. I'll do my Italy trip, flying, like, literally the first class in the back of the plane, right next to the toilet. That shit don't even recline, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I flew out there. I did trade show. Ain't nobody rocking with me. My booth looked crazy. It was, like, 30 different samples on top of a table. It looked like Dunk Exchange, but there's, like, these crazy boots. I was in front of this one brand, Paul and Shark. It's like a Euro- European brand and Eton, which is like really nice dress shirts. Um, and they have a DJ. They got they got a bartender. They got Breezy serving, you know, boots. They got yeah. shorties. They got everything. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I'm over here just like, yo, look, I look like a flea. I look like a fleet swap meet. I look like a swap meet setup, honestly. And yeah. I honestly was like, it was a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing though. Cause I was just like humility, fuck it out the window. Just stand there, greet people, had these like business cards, just handing them out. You know, people were just like very looking at me strange. Like I've never seen a brand do it this way. And the, the, the fate part of it all, I think it's that hard work thing. And you just never know what conversation comes in. This guy, James Kim, he works at the bar at Bloomingdale. So shout out James. I don't know. I know he's not at Bloomingdale anymore. But uh, that was kind of our first break. And I was like, he was wearing like 2016 breads, but I was just trying to, you know, I was trying to gas him. I was like, yo, those, what are those, those 94s or what was? I knew they were the 2016s. And he's like, oh, it's actually the most recent one. And he walks up 
and it was cool because I, I, you could see Americans when you're at a European trade show, so you kind of identify the styling, and like you could hear them talk from far away. And he's like, "Bro, tell me what's going on here." Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, "Okay, all right, this is my shot." I was like, "I literally yeah. have this same story in my head." Like, "Yo, I think I got the interest." I didn't know who he was either, though. I just knew there was an American person I could at least get energy from talking to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so he's like, oh, cool, man. Uh, like, it's crazy setup, but, you know, I like the story. I like the story. He's like, if you're in New York, uh, come by. He hands me his business card. James Kim, men's buying director at Bloomingdale. I'm like, oh, shit. And then, like, I'm, I held on to, I literally got that. I wait, I, I was cool, though. I was cool before. Pleasure, pleasure to meet you. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be out there, bro. Never been in New York at the time. This is like probably 2018 now. And, um, so I take that business card immediately, snap, because I always be losing shit. Snap the picture on my phone first. So I, told, I was like, I have safety net one. Put that business card in my wallet, text my chick. My chick's riding, been riding with me for like 10 years and just like, since we were just like, I, I've been broke as fuck, like just bread and water for dinner basically. Um, and, uh, so I got that, I got that call. This is like, they do it every June and like December, January time. And I'm like, all right. He's like, if you're in New York in February, come by. I'm like, yeah, for sure. I got a photo shoot in, uh, in February in New York. I got no photo shoot. I got no business being in New York. I've never been. <laughs> and, uh, so I take the plane flight there. And actually, I'm just like running the ground like usual, just like trying to make it. And, uh, I think you guys know Ray, Ray G. Maya. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys know Ray, um, I didn't know. I just DM him. I was like, yo, your page is dope. He was like super small at the time. Like, we had 500 followers, like 200 YouTube subscribers. So I was like, oh, your page is dope. I'll be in New York. Like, let's link up. Cause I had nothing to do. I had, I was taking more classes for whatever reason. I think I was like ready to give up and just like go to accounting and be a CPA. Uh, but I was like just studying in my holiday in like for five days in, uh, in New York. I was just like, all right, I don't know when this fool's going to reply, reply. Cause I was getting nervous. I, I flew without a meeting locked in. I just knew he said good things in in Florence. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go out when he said to go out and hope. And on the fifth day, well, in the meeting I met like met like Ray and he was just super good people and we just clicked it from there. He was just starting a Ray. He had like this like saxophone pink hoodie and some shorts and things like that. We were both just starting our journey. So it was really cool to see both of us just do our thing now. And um, you know, he I was kicking it with him when he was out there just to get do something and studying the holiday like, what are you doing i was like you just see taco bell bags because it was right in front of my hotel just taco bell bags in my study yeah. books and just i'm like i was like bro i'm trying to get this meeting at bloomingdale's they haven't answered and on the fifth day this fool finally hits me back like oh i'm so sorry like i hope your shoot went well i was like i haven't been shooting bro i've been in this hotel room with this duffel bag of shoes and you haven't responded but he finally's like yeah if you're free at two come through i grab my shit right away i bring it on the table and the situation was this, like, I had a common projects lookalike silhouette type thing uh, with a better price point, in my opinion, better quality. And he's like, look, we're just we're about to drop common projects um, because of the fact that Bloomingdale's is not the highest tier. It's nice. It's a good stopping point. But common projects would only sell them whites, blacks, and, like, you know, simple colors while everyone else is getting because Bloomingdale's wasn't positioned as high. So he's like, look, we're about to get rid of them. We'll give you the shot. And I got my first shot with Bloomingdale's. And um, I think it was like seven stores and we got into Bloomingdale's. And now, now the business, I'm like, everyone's like hitting me. They're like, yo, you made it. And I'm like, bro, I'm still trying to struggle. If you haven't had a brand, you don't realize yeah. once you get an account, like a big deal like that, it's still not easy. It's a whole nother problem. I got to figure out how to yeah. buy that. Whole production order. You gotta- yeah. You got to figure out how to buy that production yeah. order. 
deliver it and they don't pay you to like it's called net 60 so like little educational right. uh segment for the podcast net 60 means you have to buy the production like three months in advance because that's how long six shoes you deliver it and that's when net 60 starts and net 60 means you don't get paid 60 days until after so you're out five months and you just fronted all that cash so i'm just trying to survive so like that's when you're like i'm working two jobs i'm just trying to figure it all out and just like, okay, well, I know I have something because Bloomingdale's wants me, right? Yeah, I just got stuck in that. Like, late 2017 to 2019, I was stuck. And the problem with that is I had a lot of designs and samples. So a lot of people see us crank out silhouettes, but it's like ideas and concepts that we've had since I started the brand. Because in my head, I was like, oh, I need to have a collection. But when you start something, you don't realize, like, I can only afford to buy one production because every time I do a new thing, there's a whole development cost to that. And this is like that green thing that you just don't know when you start a brand. You're like, crap, I need a lot more money than just what I thought I needed, right? So I just got stuck in the wheel with uh, with uh, Bloomingdale's. And um, that was the whole thing. The blessing in disguise came again. So getting into it was one thing. COVID now happens, 2019. I was just running the system. With Bloomingdale's working a full-time job I wasn't really I wasn't making any money it was just recycling I would be like okay we went from seven doors to like ten doors to all doors so right in 2019 before COVID happened I just flew out there I was trying to sell to everybody else I got rejected from Nordstrom because I'd be hitting up my employees like yo give me a meeting give me a meeting and I got rejected like four times and uh, Bloomingdale was the only person rocking with me and they just put the biggest order. All doors, we'll put you in the Times Square one. We'll put you in the, I think I forget, 59. The one in uh, Soho. Um, that's like their busiest high volume one. And I was like, yo, this is big. It's like half a million dollars, right? I was like, I got to figure out how to pay for this. Go get a loan. Go get it done. Use the rest of the money in the account. I, I had saved some just for emergency in the account. And then, okay, I booked that order. As it finishes... We, it was for like a holiday delivery because they wanted to make it. COVID's happening in holiday time, 2019, right? That's when it really starts going because freaking Rudy Gobert starts touching mics on the NBA thing. And then, that's <laughs> yeah. when it, right? Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. I just got back from Seattle, got rejected. Okay, cool. Like, I got to get this delivered. I don't know what's going to happen. I get a call. I used to fulfill all my stuff in my parents' front yard. I would put blue tarp, you know, like that plastic blue tarp, the weatherproof tarp, over these pallets of shoes. And no one knew. The truck driver would pick up and be like, the first time he picked up, he was like, is this a residential? I was like, yeah, man, like, it's all I got, bro. Like, I'll help you load it because he needs a dock and a pallet lift to drive into the truck. And I would just take him cart in my car. I was like, yo, like, just, I'll just start a chain. Like, I'll call my boys. We'll just start a chain and throw them into the truck for him. So he, we were really cool. And he stopped by. He's like, bro, just letting you know, like, some shit's going down. They're probably going to cancel or put on hold because of the malls were closed during COVID. So I get that call, I already knew it was coming. I get that call like, hey Nick, um, you know, we really don't want to do this to small businesses, but right now we just, we have to put the order on hold. And I'm like, just trying to be professional, polite. Like, okay, yeah, it sounds good. Like, uh, I'm sure you guys will figure it out. Um, you know, stay safe, be well, and hang up the phone. I'm like, ah! yeah. what do you want me to do? I got, I got like 2,500 sneakers in my front yard. It can't go. I, well, where am I supposed to go with this shit? I don't really have an e-com at the time. So I thought it was done. I thought it was done, done, like super done. Everybody's going to be in the next 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, 
I just got like, what is those, uh, public storage things? I think it was like $60 a month for like a six foot by 12 foot one. Stuffed all the shoes in there, whatever it was. Finishing up those accounting classes, just still posting on Instagram. Just that relentless attitude again was just like, I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to try my hardest. And I like, I'll go back against the wall, back like swinging, right? And I was like, okay, there's like 30, 50K left in the account. Like any sneakerhead, I wanted to do a Jordan 1 like homage shoot. And there was no better time than 2019. I had already sourced this sole back in 2017 when I was going to those trade shows and material sourcing. So I already knew it. And I had my high top. They called it the pillar high back then. And I already had a high top and a bread colorway. And I was like, all right, if I'm going to quit this or if I'm going to do this, I'm going to finally make another silhouette, one from the archives of design. And it was the Destroyer, which is like our hero silhouette. And at the time, the dunks were vintage dunks were hot and platinum gray Jordan ones were like the thing of the air, like everybody in the mama. It was the Panda dunk at the time. And when I dropped it, it was all those years of work of just like hitting homies up, working with influencers, like people like Ray, Gian and all those people like they seen what I did for the last since, you know, 2016 to 2019. I finally did that new silhouette, sampled it, and I was like, all right, they made me buy 1,500 souls. I bought a production of 150. So I bought the souls, all 1,500, and I was like, F it. I really like this shoe because my uniform is just like trucker jacket, dickies, white t-shirt, gray hoodie, done. Like, that's, and Jordan 1s. That was like, that, if I could wear something every day, that's just me, right? Cap, gray hoodie, trucker jacket. Dickies, Jordan ones, that's all you need, right? And so I was like, okay, I took what you said. If I fail at this silhouette, I'm gonna be wearing a Jordan one, but my style for the next yeah. 20 years. It's my last one. I got 150 pairs, and it'll be like an ongoing joke. My friends, like nine years down the line, like, oh, what are those? Uh, I used to have the shoe brand back in the day, man. You know, like in the haymaking days, right? And but what happened was when I started. Some of my other homies were like, just go on IG Live, just do everything you can while working to just, you know, try, like try to finish off, like saying you did everything you could. And then I guess, I think when I think about it, all that relationship, like Tobias Harris, Andre Drummond, Ray, Gian, Pete Forrester, all those guys, everyone started resharing that shoe uh, when I started like teasing the process of it. And I was like, okay, cool. We launched it. And that was the first time ever something sold out like i think we did like 50 50 pairs per colorway and it was like boom 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 like literally we drop at 10 10 one gone i was like oh shit that's kind of dope but i didn't want to get my hopes up because every drop before that we had sold like out our drop day maybe three if we were lucky honestly three if we were lucky and three throughout the month on just like the old silhouette it was just selling through bloomingdale's because it was like bloomingdale's cookie cutter minimal shoe right and um but my online was in existence. So I was like, oh, we have something there, but I'm not going to get signed. I'm just going to still work at this uh, uh, ad agency and Nordstrom. And then, okay, I got 1350 more souls. Let's just run it back. Sell that again. I'm like, shit, that's kind of cool. But it's still not enough money because you take 150 pairs times whatever, it's like 30, 40 bands. But I'm like, okay, we have money back in the account that I didn't yeah. think we were going to have it was stuck on those 2,500 pairs. I was basically had to start all over. Like the money was all basically at zero and had to start all over. Just kept doing it. Obviously doing some like very 
homage colorways, breads, royals, things like that, and those were just slapping. We used to get the most hate, though. Every time we do breads and royals, we get clapped at it so much, all the time. And, uh, but it would be our biggest days, because the people that actually rocked it, like, yo, like, I actually like those, you know, they would stay quiet, and it would be our biggest days. And we just kept running that, and then it just kept going, and I just had a slew of silhouettes, just like, people were like, damn, you guys crank out shoes, like, you guys really have those. I'm like, yeah, because, like, I've always had those since I started the brand, but I never got an opportunity because we didn't really have e-com and like no one, we didn't have a community that was buying. So it was just rinse and repeat and things started rolling where it was like, okay, cool. Like, damn, it sold, it sold out, it sold out. And now I have control versus Bloomingdale's because when you do e-com, the money's coming in right away, right when you launch something. So I was like, okay, cool, this silhouette. Okay, let's do the Destroyer 2, which is like our like LV and NB 550 type silhouette, and that clap too. So I was like, okay, now we got even more momentum. Yeah. And then we just kept, we just kept running with it, and like now we're here today, and the brands I don't know grown 4,000x. I don't know, like just like it stands alone on e-com, and we have the greatest retailers. Somewhere in that mix, I hit up my, my old department manager, Bill, became a buyer. And I was like, bro, just give me one shot, man. I've flown to Seattle like eight times, and you guys said no like 30 times already. Like, just give me one chance, bro. He's like, bro, I just got hired. Like, if I pick up a brand that just flops, like, I'm going to look super bad, you know? And I was like, I promise you, bro. But then we had already sold out like three, four times. And then uh, he gave me that shot. Sold out at Nordstrom. We did like the black toes or something like that, like black toe variant type vibe, and it sold out at Nordstrom. So now it's like the website sold out, Nordstrom selling out. They're in five doors, ten doors, and it's just like that momentum keeps going, right? Like people see it sell on our website, people see it sell out on Nordstrom, and all these stars align that I've just been grinding. And you don't know, you don't know where all these relationships are gonna be as you do this journey for like three, four years, five years, and. uh yeah, I think it's like that. What's that saying? Is it 10,000 hours? Something yeah, like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You just don't know where it's going to go. And I think that's like the beauty of it. Because I never started this brand to be like the cool guy, the influencer. I always said like, you're like, I love what Jerry's doing. I love like the Buscemi's and things like that. They're so cool. Like you aspire to be like that, right? As you're growing up and collecting things, I'm like, you know what? I just want to be the regular ass dude and that's who I am. Like I'm the regular ass dude that somehow has a sneaker brand and that's like who I want to be. I want my shit to be like barbershop talk. So it's like, yo, like Kendall was good. Like bro, oh, you're going to get another color? Bet. Like just hit me up. I got you. Like we'll cut you up real quick and then you walk out. Oh, no, bro, say less. I need, I need about five pairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But exactly. It's kind of like that. And I just wanted to be like, I guess for the people type shit. And that's really how I run my brand. Cause I always do like random ass giveaways for no reason. We give away a lot of shit. And even with our partnerships, like with discord, shout out discord for like believing us. We're like one of the first footwear brands to have a discord. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would sponsor. And when we first did our first partnership, they were like, yo, what do you think about selling this? I was like, honestly, I, I, if I'm going to do a project with you guys, I just didn't want a corny shoe that like you had to sell, like push to sell. Like that company and sneaker brand never really like makes sense. Like if we're going to do it, I'm down if you guys just want to sponsor it and we give away the shoes to give back to community because that's what Discord is and that's what Collision is. So like every time we do a project, it's always giving away like hundreds of shoes. So like I was like, yo, I just want to give to the people that allow us to be a business. You know what I mean? Like because at the end of the day, my e-com business 
or the, the guys that really rock with us on our web store, it's like the only reason I didn't quit and then I'm doing a tech job head down moving my mouse is because they allowed me to do this and like express myself in this way. So that's also another reason like when you got like if you guys ever pull up to a pop up or anything, hopefully I see you guys there. It's hopefully me in person. It's like I don't shy away. It's like, oh, is he going to be there? And I was like, I'm like the first person in the door smiling, shaking your hand, dapping you up like, yo, I appreciate that shit so much. You know what I mean? And that's how I want to run my brand. And I hope I could break the mold. It's like, yo, you don't have to be the cool guy. You don't have to come from Kanye's clique from the tree and then pop off like that. Right. You know what I mean? You could just be you and run it. Like, it's funny. Ray has a saying. He's like, Ray's like, I'm the cool, mysterious guy on YouTube. And you're like the goofy goober yeah. that everyone just like fucks with for just because you're just real as fuck like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be the cool guy mysteriousness like what the fuck does Ray do you're just Nick you go on IG Lodge you give him the fucking you know peace sign and that's it and I was like yeah like I'm totally happy being that guy you know what I mean because as long as we can stay in business and there was a book I read like you sell to a thousand people and you'll always be in business you know like I was like cool I don't need to be 100k I don't need to be 300k I don't need to be a million like just give me a thousand people that rock with me I would much rather sell to people that rock with me and that's one thing about, I think, brands that a lot of people think. It's like, you start this brand and you, okay, I got to sell $30 million the first year. Or I got to, like, yeah. move all these units. And, nah, bro, like, if you, you know, like, your collegiate shoe, they're priced at about, like, what, 252 260 Yeah. If you can get a thousand people to buy that, you're, you're golden. You're money. Like, yeah. And it's like, you don't, and it's like, and on top of that, like, a thousand people is still, like, a manageable, like, community that you right. can, like, yeah, yeah. interact with. Sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I, of course, I, I want you to do like 30 million. That's what I really want. To yeah, see of course. Me, you know what I'm saying? No, we're trying. We're trying. It's, it's so hard, man. It's so hard to like grow because I feel like the more, and we're growing, like we've doubled, tripled every year and since like 2019. But like the fact is like when you grow, you become less special, right? When you do more units, you become less special. And that's the new challenge of how do you still be special? but also scale your business. Cause now I have, I have employees, I have team members that like, yo, like I just don't want to be that corny brand. I think we've all worked for streetwear brands. Like you just work for free and I don't want to do that. I want my shit to be real and be like, bro, if you work for me, I'm trying to build this shit. So we have careers. Like I want you to be an art director, bro. But what that takes is all of us growing. And I want you to be able to be in a position to give you a raise every year. I want us to be in that position. I don't want to take my shit cause I work, I interned for a lot of streetwear brands and things like that. Now I'll do it for free. And I did that for two, two, three years. And that's cool, paying your dues and everything. I get that part. But I want to run my company. I just want to do everything differently, right? Like, I don't want to disrespect someone's time or anything like that. I don't want to, you know, solicit that work. I don't want to, you know, I just want to run a real business. And I get it, it's hard. But I would, I want to, if I build this shit and we grow, I want to do it the right way. And if we fail, I want to do it because I chose to fail by doing it the right way. You know what I mean? Like, yo, everyone's getting salary. You're W-2. There's unemployment insurance. So if we ever go out, you'll get unemployment. Like, just everything, you know, like, the right way. The real, like, business way of approaching the situation. I don't want to do run and gun. Like, uh, sorry, bro. We dapped. We did a handshake, handshake deal. And, like, you know, that's how it's going to be. It's, my money. Be with my money. Yeah, exactly. 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 I'm not trying to run it like that at all. So yeah, yeah. everything we do is just like buy the book and we just try to like, I'm trying to do it that way. And uh, yeah, it's just the scaling part now. Like 
We're in a lot of doors now. We got like Nordstrom, like 15 doors all over the U.S. We got Selfridges out in London, which is crazy. We just did Selfridges on, on Oxford Street. I've never been on Oxford Street until that day. And Oxford Street's like Times Square of London. And that was like insane. And Selfridge, I never in the store. I knew it was popping because like all the freaking uh, drill UK rap always say Selfridges yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. And uh, the store is immaculate. And for us to like be in there with like a whole wall is insane. We got stores in like Munich, stores in Milan, uh, just everywhere. Hong Kong. Uh, where else do we got? I think those are like our main key markets right now. But we're getting even bigger. Like on the low, we'll probably do an end next time this year. Uh, we'll do an end sneakers and stuff. Uh, we're getting into that real like scary wholesale place where like the product's going to be more available. But then that motivates me. I always get like very anxious, but I'm like, okay, I still got bangers that are going to not be in stores too. Like that, uh, that uh, what is it, Moccasin Derby. That's like an innovative one for me. Uh, I have this like crazy like Tom Saxis type shoe, like a GPS shoe that I just like teased on the Instagram. That shit went crazy. Uh, we got a lot of stuff like, oh, our, our recent Court 2, which is like a mashup, like a reinterpretation of a Margiela Gap and a Samba. That That's really been popping for us. That one's really dope. Just because the Samba is the fucking uh, Panda Dunk of this Enjoy, year. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So that like, you know, you got to be in the, you got to be ahead with the other stuff and then you got to be on the moment at the same time you know so it's just like all the stuff we're doing um that's super interesting and i guess i'll give like a cool story if you guys have time uh that happened in between this um i've never shared this i don't think on any of the podcast platforms so this is like a cool note so like somewhere in 2020 i get a dm uh from my partner now partner nikolai marciano and um that name, I'm probably like you guys, you're like, oh, who the hell, who, who the hell is that, right? I don't know either. So I just pulled up the address. You know, we get a lot of DMs for weddings and birthdays and things like that. Um, and uh, I pull up to the office. It's Nikolai and Paul Marciano, which is the, uh, at the time I didn't know, I'm just a sneakerhead. It's the founders of Guest Jeans. Um, you know, Guest Jeans, Guest USA, things like that. And I'm, I'm just, I, I'm just clueless. I'm like, oh, you guys work here or something like that? And they're like, yeah, something like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. Got my little duffel bag of samples, you know. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, these are all the colors. I do got a wedding, party. What is the going to be fun? Like, oh, we're thinking to invest. Um, so in 2020, uh, there's a couple things that happened before that. But in 2020, late 2020, we took investment from Guess, uh, just 30% uh, sharing. We're the first company to be underneath the Guess umbrella. But we're not really tied. They're just, like, private investors. So for me... That moment was like, yo, I've been struggling trying to pay wholesale orders and build e-com all this time. And now we have that big monumental moment. And it's like, for me, playing ball, the equivalent of like, I'm going to the league, dog. Like, I'm going to the yeah. league, uh, you know. So uh, shout out to Nikolai, honestly, because when that happened, I was able to pay my, my parents' crib off uh, when I did that, uh, that sale of shares. Um, so I got to do that. My parents got laid off in COVID and you know, when your parents are like 60, 65, just like, well, I'm gonna make you go back to do line work at 60, 65. I was like, no, you guys did all that for us. Like you guys get the first check. And I basically gave the whole first check to them. Um, and I was like, I'll get the next one. Cause I'm confident what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get the next one. You know what I mean? It'll be cool. It'll be chill. Um, and yeah, so that happened. And now we have like this kind of like bigger company behind us that like is saying, Nick, we believe in your vision. Just go for it. 
use us uh, as basically if you need to pay for any wholesale orders, we'll help you pay for those things. You know, like a line of credit facility, basically. So that was a super good blessing. Um, and we have that. And now it's like off to the races, like just keep growing. So it makes it a little bit easier not having to juggle the wholesale anymore uh, in terms of financing it. But you still got to grow everything in uh, underneath it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of like where we're at now. We got a lot of exciting growth in terms of like new stores. We're trying to build awareness. I feel like we've done everything we could socially, NBA players, you know, my people, just like everyone just like put it on. And uh, now we just got to keep going, like putting more stores on. The world is so big. Every time I travel, I was in Munich at a store called Load and Fry. And I don't look like a brand owner or even someone that like is anything. So I'm just sitting there in Munich at the store and I need help. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just watching my product and how people interact. And it's cool to see just people pick it off off the shelf. It's right next to like Margiela and Golden Goose. And I see people buying it and the employees are wearing it. So for me, I'm just unbelievably like flabbergasted. Like I'm in Munich. I'm on the other side of the world and people are picking up my shoes and they don't know who I am. Uh, you know, and then I walk yeah. in and they're like, I'm there for like an hour and a half. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Nick. And they're like, oh, like I'm with Cleese. I'm like, oh, are you like the sales guy? Are you the photographer? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the guy that started the thing. And they're like, oh, shit. You know, like they didn't know who I was. Yeah. And so it was cool to like just introduce myself. and be like, yo, thank you so much for like pushing my shit, like without knowing who I am. And just see the way you guys move it and how you guys love it without ever meeting me. And it's cool. Like that moment in itself that I did last year inspires me like yeah we may saturate but there's the world is so big to have like that moment like it could happen in japan it could happen in tokyo like that it could happen in freaking vienna austria like that it could happen in like anywhere you know we're about to be in this one store called bayman in turkey like i've never been to turkey but i heard they're like the thing out there and i'm like okay let's see how it does out there so that's like our next chapters and like how we want to continue to grow new silhouettes, new moments for the community. We're going to do another pop-up in LA in March, March 11th. So, so we had. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was. Yeah. We didn't, you like did our job for us. We didn't, you like yeah. every question that we had, it's like you would you'd be talking and you say, Oh, but then this, and you answer the next question oh. and the next, uh, but it, yeah, but it all flowed perfectly. Yeah. flowed perfectly. Like, yeah. Thank you. Told, you. Yeah. I hope you guys can chop up some good segments or something like that. And I apologize. I should have had you guys out. I do that often. It's just like answer my own questions because I fall in love with this story because it, it reminds me every day. Yeah. Uh, you know what we're doing. And just like anything, like for you guys, I feel like for me too, like even these past couple months, it's been like, man, how much further can I go? Like, can I keep driving it further? And then I'm super thankful for you guys to allow me to talk about it. And I feel like a fire is being really lit where I'm like, yo, like I've really been doing this. Like, yeah, like bro. there's no. There's no, just keep going. Because I'm going to be honest, bro. Like, hearing, it's just seeing you talk about your story, like, I can just tell, like, you know, this has been something you've just been working and working and working tirelessly for. And to see all the growth you've been able to sustain over these years and just, like, to see the rewards from it. Like, being you being able to pay for your, pay off your parents' crib. Like, you just being able to sell all these units of shoes. Like, I'm sure it's just like right now you're probably just like damn like it's a great feeling but i know i can do more yeah you know and you're gonna yes. do that you're gonna you're gonna get there bro trust me because i'm saying, trying bro but it's just like anything right like that like i was saying like the last couple months you feel like can i go any further is this it is this the max i could push and then you start dropping your newer stuff and you're like 
oh shit, people still rock with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like I get to talk to this story with you guys, and and then I have that self like reminder, like yo, like the fuck you just put seven years where you could be down on yourself for, just keep going, because that's just how this shit is. Like it's like anything. It's outside of shoes, outside of being a business owner. It's just like it's ebbs and flows. Like you got to remind yourself, like it's never just. It's not this linear shit that just goes up, right? You know what I mean? So like for anyone out there, like just keep going with it. Like, if the goofiest goober like myself, bro, like, not the cool guy on Instagram can get this far, like, a lot of y'all have a lot more talent than me, so, you know, just stay with it. Well, you said it perfectly, and ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from the man himself. Um, Nick, it was a true pleasure to have you on the podcast today, bro. Like, just hearing your story, just hearing how hard you've worked to get to this point, and all the things I know you're going to accomplish soon at some point, it's it's coming. It's definitely coming, bro, so... We, by, on behalf of myself and also Elijah, we're truly happy um, to have you on. And yo, man, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. It's been man. a pleasure for real. Oh, we gotta, yes. we gotta, we gotta link some. We gotta link some kind of way. We gotta, you gotta come out here. We gotta go out there. or Something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be back out there. I think soon. Um, I'll probably go to Italy in March. I'll probably stop by in New York. So we'll link with you guys. But I gotta get you guys laced up too. So I'm gonna hit you guys after this. Uh, appreciate right, you guys yeah. that opportunity. I'm gonna hit you all the real after this. So. Uh, I know you guys put in that work and rented out this studio to do this podcast. So I, re- I appreciate what you guys are doing. Like when, when, uh, Kenneth hit me, like, oh, we, we only got studio time. I'm like, oh, you guys take this really real serious. Like we're not just an iPhone with a little mic. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're trying to, we're trying to get to the next point. And like, like how I said for you, we're going to get there. You know, it's all about just yeah, no, absolutely. And the consistency. That's all it is. And that's why I wanted to do it. Cause like when I hear you paying attention to the details where I'm like, cause I haven't done a podcast forever. I'm like, yo, like, I respect that so much. I'm like, yo, like we're on the same shit. So like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep building ourselves up. You know what I mean? Damn. So I really rock with that, man. Of course, bro. And before you get out of here, let the people know where they can follow you. Where can they follow the brand? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess my personal is just my name, Nick Sissenbath. It's a long spell, so they'll have to type it in for you. And the brand is just Collegium, at Collegium. Um, you guys seen it. We'll type it in there for you, too. And uh, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Wow. Well, you heard from the man himself. Yo, thank you again for tuning in. This has been the Van Ocho Podcast, and we are signing up. Peace. Peace.